Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Sportsbet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sportsbet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sportsbet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago. And in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. What's up, Montana? Welcome in. Happy Monday. Hope you had a great weekend. This is Nuanas Dow, live here on ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television. Coming to you from the Northwest Motorsport Studio. Northwest Motorsport, new to Missoula, new to Montana. You can find them here in the Garden City, located at the corner of Stevens and Mount. You can also find the largest inventory of trucks anywhere in the Pacific Northwest by visiting nwmsrocks.com. That's nwmsrocks.com. Time to get to today, a big weekend of hoops. The Olympics got underway, and uh, we had a Missoulian going to the finals of the women's big air. Congratulations to Darian Stevens. More on that in a little while. Also, it's Super Bowl week, so we got a ton of stuff coming up for you when it comes to that as well. And, of course... 
It's a Monday, so that means not only do we have the Montana basketball slash football hour, but we also have the Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty. Marty Morningweg in studio with us. He's been to the Super Bowl before, so he's going to have some pretty cool and pretty rare perspective on what it's like getting prepared for the biggest game in football. Plus, there's a ton of coaching movement. The coaching carousel is going crazy. And uh, (laughs) we're into a new age. We're into an age in which a lot of different elements, including uh, experience, institutional knowledge, and in a lot of cases, even having played the game of football at a high level, they no longer matter if you want to be a head coach. And uh, pretty crazy. Uh, I I know where I th- what I think of it, but I don't know if my stance is correct or if I'm maybe being short sighted. So I can't wait to talk to Coach Marty about uh, all of that as well. Also going to have a special appearance by Riley Corcoran, the voice of the Grizz, here on Nuanas now about 4:45 here in the Montana Basketball Hour because one of the games of the year in Big Sky Conference play finally here. It was supposed to happen mid January. It did not because Southern Utah had COVID issues within their program. But the Thunderbirds in town tonight, and I can confirm because so Utah's pretty mysterious. They haven't uh, they haven't graced us here in Montana with their presence in a couple years, but they are here. I was uh, kicking it at Southgate Mall yesterday with my nephew, and we saw the Southern Utah team walking the mall. I guess that's what you do. It's so funny because yeah, I think that, that that's a very American. Thing, or I guess it was a sort of commonplace thing. You go to a town and you're part of a team that's not from there. Where do you go? You go to the mall because you know you're going to have some food, you have you know some stores to look at, whatever. It's just also funny though what the mall has become just compared to what it once was. And that's not I'm just I'm talking about in Missoula. I'm just talking about the concept of people hanging out in the mall. Although there was a fair amount of people at Southgate Mall on Sunday. So, I don't know. It was just funny to see John Knight and Dre Marine and, and these guys just in their Southern Utah warm-ups walking through the mall. So, um, pretty funny, pretty interesting. You want to stream the show? You want to listen on your mobile devices? Your iPad or your tablet or whatever, your iPhone, whatever? Go to our station website, 1029ESPN.com. Click on Listen Live. Also, you want to get a hold of us? You want to be a part of the show? 406 1029 that's 888-1029, and all guests will join us via the Rangish Brothers RV phone line. We got all sorts of sweet prizes for you all the way uh, throughout this show and throughout all the rest of the week, and just pretty much always at this point. We got a great promotions and sales staff here at Missoula Broadcasting Company, so we're always coming up with free stuff for you. Today, we got, t- we got uh, some Alpine Touch for you. Uh, as part of the Monday afternoon quarterback, so stay tuned for that. You have a chance to win a Grand Slam package from Alpine Touch. Again, triple eight one zero two nine is the best way to get a hold of us. Also, though, we have a new Valentine's Day giveaway coming up. So here we are, about a week out from Valentine's Day. I didn't know that. I don't ever know when Valentine's Day is, but I'm not going to ruin your day because it is fun to celebrate holidays and give away parades, prizes, not parades. I'm, I'm distracted by the flat balloons. It is our anniversary here at ESPN Missoula. That's why we have some black and uh, white, and I guess all the red ones are on the, <laughs> on the floor. You probably can't see those if you're watching on TV or on YouTube. But uh, it is our 10th anniversary here, but also Valentine's Day is about a week away. We have a sweet prize for you. We got a pair of tickets, pair of lift tickets to Snowball, which, by the way, a bunch of the, the, the 
coworkers around here at Missoula Broadcasting Company made their way up to the bowl this weekend, and they said it was good. So that's that's always a good sign. You know, Missoula, Missoula Snow Bowl is always uh, a challenging place, both because of the terrain and the vertical feet. But when they got good snow, it's about as good as anywhere. So we got some Snow Bowl tickets for you. We also have a $50 gift card to Dazzler's Car Wash, which is actually right next door to our shop. So that's an easy one. When you come to pick up your prize, you can just go get your rig washed as well. We got a $25 gift card to Tagliari, so you can use that on some sandwiches. And then we also have a very nice bottle of wine from Warren's Market. Actually, the bottle of wine that we have for you, Shakalaka is what it's called, and uh, hand-picked by the guys down at Warden's. It's a South African wine, and uh, I actually sampled some myself, not the bottle we're going to give you, but a different bottle, last night, and it was it was wonderful. It was delicious. One of the best wines I've ever had, honestly. I've just been getting into wine lately, and uh, it was delicious, though. It was very, very good. So over the next week or so, Give us the variation of what you might do. We give you two lift tickets and a car wash, some sandwiches and some wine. What's your adventure? What kind of adventure are you going on? Text us, 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. Let's let us know that you're interested in Valentine's Day or that you have a good plan. Any and all engagements talking about Valentine's Day and our prize, 888-1029. We'll get you all entered in. And uh, that's a that's a pretty good prize right there. So uh, stay tuned for more on that. But... Mostly, sounds like a pretty fun way to hang out with your sweetie or whatever you might be doing on Valentine's Day. Wash your car on the way there and on your way back. Eat some sandwiches, drink some vino, and ski some steep and deep on the way in between. It all sounds pretty good to me. Let's dive into it. Montana basketball hour. We're going to do some Montana football hour as well, but Montana basketball hour first and foremost. And uh, actually, first we have to take a pause before we dive into the basketball hour and really acknowledge this. Uh, Darian Stevens, who has been a competitive skier with great prestige and competing on the national stage for a long time, for, for more than a decade. She's from right here in Missoula, but this is her second Olympics there in Beijing. And yesterday, she qualified for the finals in the Women's Big Air. So Women's Big Air was added as an event in snowboarding in 2018, but this is the first time it's been an event in freestyle skiing. Um, this specific Olympics, and Darian Stevens, as well as Whitefish native Maggie Voison, who are exactly half of the four Montanans competing in the Winter Olympics. And uh, Voison, she wrecked on her first one and then wasn't able to bounce back. She's okay, as she has had some injuries as well, the Whitefish native has, but she's okay, but she did not qualify for the finals. But Darian Stevens, she did. So very cool for her. She nailed her last two jumps, and... Uh, she is on her way now to the finals, which you can actually watch tonight, 7 p.m. on NBC. It happens at 10 a.m. local time, but that's a, a world away when you're talking about Beijing. So uh, it will air tonight, 7 p.m. on NBC. Andrew, uh, Andrew Houghton, our producer, is going to come and talk some hoops with us. But first, um, two-part question for you. Where's your interest level uh, at, with the Olympics right now? And... I know you were tweeting about this this figure skater. I missed the figure skating. I was in the midst of cooking. I was, I was in the midst of iron chefing a, a friend of mine's kitchen. So I, was, I had the figure skating on, but I wasn't like captively watching it. So first of all, though, where is uh, where's your interest level at when it comes to these Winter Olympics? Steadily growing, I think. Uh, Me I too, actually. Yeah, I cut a little bit on on Friday and Saturday, and it's just the way it is now. You can't really plan out anything that you really want to watch. You're just watching whatever's on NBC or Universal or whatever NBC channel at the time. I'm getting into it. I caught the the first event where they awarded a medal 
in the games on Saturday, which was the women's skiathlon. That was great. A little cross-country skiing. And then, um, yeah, the figure skating has been awesome so far. Who was the young lady that you were tweeting about? She was sort of uh, captivating Twitter for a couple hours there last night. Her name's Camilla Valieva. She's Russian. She's like 15 years old, and I caught her short program on on um, Saturday, and this is in the, the figure skating team event, which is sort of a new thing the last couple Olympics where, you know, the Americans, every country sends their best, you know, best men's skater, best women's skater, best ice dancing team, whatever. They tally it up. You go ahead and win. So she was skating in the short program for the Russians on Saturday, and it was just incredible to watch, man. It's, you know, figure skating is a sport where you often scoff, and I'm somebody who's like this, where it's like you hear the commentators go crazy over a performance, and it's, and it's just like, well, man, I can't tell the difference right. unless somebody falls, you know? Th- th- this is this is why I think that in this world of hot takes and talk radio and, and endless arguments and bloviation and pontification and speculation, sports like the Olympics do fall short because there is no layman people like us that can just analyze this. Like you're saying, every single time I watch this, I was like, well, that's the best trick I've ever seen. Right. Over and over and over again. Right. It's a lot different from like a lot of the summer Olympics events where it's just like, oh, this guy ran the fastest. This guy jumped the highest. This guy swam the fastest. No, there's a lot of like technical judging parts of it. And really yeah, like... the subjectivity is weird. Exactly. But not with her. It's, right. in, it's incredible. For pure athletic spectacle, it is just so far up there. You watch... Her short program on Saturday, stunning. And then came back last night. They were doing. They were showing the figure skating last on the main NBC broadcast. Showed her last, of course. I was sitting through everybody else to get to her at the end. She ended up being the first woman to ever land a quad jump. So I guess four rotations in the air at the Olympics. I mean, she landed at least two of them. She fell on another one. Her, fi- her final score was 30 points ahead of right. second place. Right. You know, it's unbelievable. And it's sort of weird rooting for, and I don't even know if rooting for is the right word here because you, you don't even root for somebody like that. Sure. Like, sh- you admiring somebody like that. Like, the Russian thing because of the doping scandal. Sure. And, of course, the geopolitical realities of that. Right. And also because the Russian figure skating program is notoriously draconian and you're thinking sure. in the back of your head, like, God, what is a 15-year-old girl doing to her body to be able to do something like this? Like, there's a reason that nobody else has ever done this. Right. And she's doing three or four of them in one program. So you're thinking about that in the back of your head, and it's like, oh, man. But then you watch her, and it's just like the the power, uh, the beauty of it. Yeah. Uh, just like in terms of pure athletic spectacle, she's it. Uh, and... and- what you just said is so on point and such a good way and such a, uh, a uh, insightful way to look at it as well. But that's one tie that's binded ever since I started watching the Olympics is, you know, you can hash this out for a variety of different contributing factors, whether it's like you're talking about the draconian nature of specifically the women's Olympic team that's always hailed from either Russia or the Soviet Union, depending on which time period you're talking about and all that. But... Whatever it is that the formula is, 
particularly in the Winter Olympics, the female athletes from Russia have such a steely demeanor and such unbelievable and unwavering focus that it is amazing to watch. Like when you watch them lacing up their skates even before they even take the ice, it's like a Mike Tyson fight. You're watching Tyson. The other person's already lost. They are so intimidating to their competitors. It's unbelievable. Well, and that plays into sort of like what they're going through in training. I mean, the Russian the Russian girls are basically the only women in the world who can land quad jumps. Right. So that's what they're doing in their training. And, you know, you read about it and it's like they're tracking these girls' weights every day. And that's why it sort of gets kind of sketchy for you. It's like, man, what are they putting their bodies through to be able to do this? But just like the things that she's able to do is incredible. And like you said, the focus, I mean, looking at her... You know, they do the close-up on the face, right? She's skating the center ice, getting ready to do this program, to to do something that nobody at the Olympics has ever done before. She's just, you know, staring straight ahead, stone face, incredible sort of determination and will, right? And that's all to say that I am also now significantly more interested in the Winter Olympics. I was a little bit... Uh, skeptical just because of the way that the viewing experience has changed. But now that it's on, I'm definitely into it. I watched the opening ceremonies on Friday night and just had all sorts of uh, spirals in my mind. But I also played a fun little game with myself every time I saw a country that I wasn't specifically and utterly sure where I, where it was located on a map. I looked it up to see exactly where it was located and then also would let myself go four to five clicks into the Wikipedia <laughs> to see what's the capital, what's the biggest city, what's the population density like, what do people in Luxembourg do, what's the primary economic engine of North Macedonia. It was phenomenally educational. I had myself a great Friday night. I guess this is a, a uh, an analysis of how boring my life has become. But that's all to say that I'm more into the Winter Olympics as well, and we do have four Montanans competing in set Olympics, Maggie Voison, although she did not make the finals in the big air, she will be back for slope style. That was sort of her sign-off. She wrecked so bad on the first one, she knew she kind of had a an uphill battle. So then after her third one, when the when she stopped the landing, she kind of just gave the peace sign of the camera and said, hey, I'll see you at the slope style. So cool for her. She's been a great friend of this show, and she's a wonderful girl. Um, and love having her on. She's such a great athlete. And uh, Darian Stevens will compete in the finals tonight. So that's 7 p.m. on NBC. And uh, we still have a couple other uh, Montanans as well, including Jake Sanderson, who's also from Whitefish, who will play on uh, Team USA for the hockey team. All right, now let's do it. Let's dive in the Montana Basketball Hour, presented by the Advocates. And uh, Thursday kicked off Big Sky Conference play for the four Montana teams with uh, pretty good success. Montana won in thrilling fashion on a buzzer beater. Montana State earned a great victory over Idaho State at home. Montana took Weber down to the wire, but there was a lot to like playing in Ogden. And Montana State didn't have a game. Well, then Saturday was completely nonsensical. It got started off with sensical an afternoon with Montana State beating Weber State. The MSU women now have won seven games in a row, and they are sitting there uh, in a tie for first place in the Big Sky Conference. Southern Utah and Montana tonight in Cedar City on the women's side. And a Lady Griswin would give Bobcats first place all alone, uh, but Southern Utah could keep pace there against Montana. The Montana, the Lady Grizz, on uh, meanwhile, in Missoula, lost to Idaho State. Also not that entirely surprising because Idaho State coming off a tough loss in Bozeman, but they are the league champions. We're going to get into some analysis of that. But Andrew and I were both at the Lady Grizz game, and then as we're going home, I said, hey, you want to go get something to eat? Sure. So we went, and we were watching the two games simultaneously. He had the Grizz game on his computer. I had the Bobcat game on my computer, and... 
about five to six minutes into the second half for each of these games, it became an argument of which game was crazier, which result was more unlikely because Montana State was just drilling Weber. They got up by as many as 28 points, and they end up winning 78-57. We're going to get into some of the platitudes of this Bobcat basketball program here in just a minute because they are off to a truly historic start, particularly when it comes to the modern era, the 21st century. But then Montana got drilled by Idaho State, a Montana team that's given up in the low 60s defensively against an Idaho State team that was only averaging 61 points per game and was only averaging 54 points per game the last time they played the Grizz. They dropped 86 on Montana and just roll them right out the gym. 86-63, the Grizz lose in Pocatello. I know that there was a lot of scuttle on Twitter about all this, but uh, regardless of actually um, arguing or hashing out the true definitive answer of which one's more surprising, it was just crazy because this was an incredibly surprising night for both the Grizzlies and the Bobcats in uh, on Saturday night. Yeah, legitimately shocking I think that, you know, Montana State-Weber State was a game that a lot of people were looking at because that was sort of a marker game for Montana State, which has been on this winning streak. Of course, the, the test against Weber is the real test. That's the first-place team in the conference. So we were, we were keying in on that one because that was a game that both of us were excited to watch. And then suddenly over on the other screen, man, Idaho State shot 63% in that game against the best defense in the league. Yeah, see, that's that's the thing is Montana State has has, has only won in Weber. Uh, I, I think that was their second win at Weber since 2009, I believe. So it was it was a rare victory for sure. And, but Idaho State hasn't beat Montana since 2009. The, the reason that the Idaho State result was so – sorry, I'm holding scissors, by the way. I was cutting uh, the balloons in case you're watching on TV. I, there's nothing nefarious going on here. I was just uh, – Removing the balloons and displaying the balloon weights. New on us now, by the way, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. I'm, I'm all out of sorts because we didn't have NFL to watch yesterday, so I have no structure in my life. I instead spent time with family and washed my car. What a productive person. Um, but it was the way that Idaho State won, right? I mean, there was no world in which I could see Idaho State scoring 86 points against any team in the Big Sky Conference, period, let alone the best offensive team in the league. And you can say, okay, the Grizz had a tough one at Weber on Thursday, and they got a tough one Monday tonight here in Missoula, Southern Utah, in town. You know, the pundits, the excuse makers, the people that back the Grizz, they'll all say, trap game, Montana was tired, whatever. There was no world in which I imagined that we that uh, Idaho State would score that many points against Mont- a Montana team that's really good on defense. It was almost like something was wrong with the Grizz. No, it seems so reductive to say that it is a trap game because, like you said, they had the two games on either side of it, but it's just like Idaho State had, what, one Division One win coming into that one? Because they beat, they beat Idaho. Idaho. Yep. And it was just like, at some point in the second half, I mean, you get like, Okay, Idaho State's shooting well from three. That's fine. Yep. They've got some good shooters. I mean, uh, what, there was one late shot clock drive that just guy flips the ball up, bounces off the rim three times, goes in, and that's the one where you're just like shaking your head. You're like, if it's, if, if it's that kind of night, then it's that kind of night. And I think that's all it was. I mean, I didn't think Idaho State was getting a ton of easy shots or it was like a problem with Montana's defensive scheme that they were they were tearing it up and getting open layups. They just shot 63%, and that happens sometimes. I mean, it's basketball, right? It just never happens against Montana. 
to Travis DeCure. But there's no reason why it can't, though. Like, well, not, like okay, there's, but, not, there's not anything special about Montana that they're just immune from some random stuff I, happening. I, I totally agree. And it's not. I'm not saying in terms of how special or even good Montana is defensively. It's all about what they do defensively. They are so dead set in taking away all your actions and then taking away any of your motions and then making sure there's 10 seconds left on the shot clock and you have to go one-on-one. Travis Secure will tell you that's the single biggest goal they have for every single possession in a basketball game. And so it, it's more just the deliberate nature of it, the diligence to commit yourself to doing that, to playing like that. And so also, though, the fact is that Idaho State is the only team in the league that plays as slower or slower than Montana. They also want to do that to you. They also want to have you, you take funky or forced shots. So um, <laughs> unlikely. That said, here's the other thing, and I know that there's one of the things that I find so funny and entertaining and fun about this show is sort of the uh, the we have these discussions and people that follow Montana State and people that follow Montana, they take in exactly what we say in completely different lenses. That's part of what being a fan is all about. But that's all to say, and I'll say this, because I think that there's probably some Montana State people right now listening saying, well, you know, it's not this big deal that Montana lost to Idaho State. It's bound to happen. More than that, though, the reason that the cat game in Weber is a little less surprising is you take the history out of it and you look at the specific matchup, and I've been saying this all along. That Bobcat squad, they got a vote in the in the media poll to win the league. Who was that from? Us, Skyline Sports. Why? Why did I vote Montana State to win the league in Danny Springle's third year? Because it's as simple as this. They have the most best players. They have the most elite players in the league. I think that they have three absolutely all big sky guys in Xavier Bishop, their six year senior point guard, Amin Adamu, their fifth year senior wing, and Jabril Bello, their beastly center. And then I also think that Raekwon Battle and his ability to come off the bench yet still be one of the elite athletes in the league as a transfer from Washington. Uh, he's definitely a huge difference maker for the Cats right now as well. So all that's to say that Montana State drubbing Weber, having their largest margin of victory in Ogden, is a big deal. It pushes Montana State to 9-2 and two in Big Sky play. That's the first time they've had that, that good of a start in league play since 2002. They're 17-5 and five overall. That's their best start since 1986. They're on an eight-game winning streak for the first first time since 2002. That was their sixth consecutive road victory, which is their most in their Division I history, and once again, their largest margin of victory in Ogden. Yet, to me, it's not quite as surprising because Weber State's very good. Montez State matches up with Weber State very well because they have Jabril Bello, and Jabril Bello's the only guy that's not going to get overwhelmed by Dante Bissett. Montese also has Xavier Bishop's going. He's the most unique player in the league. I'm not saying he's the best player in the league, but he's the most unique player in the league because he's truly 5'7", and he can dice his way through the defense, get in the paint, and kick. But when he's shooting like he was shooting, he was 4 of 7 from 3. He had a couple step backs at the shot clock buzzer. They were just absurd shots. He is just so different than almost anybody else in the league. And so, again, a big win for Montana State at Weber State, yet... It's not overly surprising. It's just an affirmation that the Bobcats, for the first time in my time covering them, are actually a Big Sky Conference title contender. Well, and we'd seen Weber have multiple close games with Montana and barely survive. I think the surprising thing was that it ended up being a 20-point win. But you're absolutely right. And 
Montana State's just been building and building and building the momentum. Yep. And it's so cliche. But that is that's so helpful and like oh oh it's absolutely helpful especially I think we don't diagnose this portion of Division One men's college basketball enough. the The top level has become so much about talent and that's it. And there's so many of the blue blood programs that are built on these guys that we're only just getting familiar with right now, who are then going to be gone either this year or next year around this exact same time. So you are winning based pure talent and skill at the mid major mid-major level, oftentimes you win with cohesion and chemistry. That's where we're at with Montana State. They have talent, but they also love playing with each other. You can tell that. Weber has a ton of talent, and I'm not saying they dislike playing with each other, but they don't have that same symmetry that Montana State has right now. Well, right, because they've brought it, you know, guys like Dante Bassett haven't been playing all year. I think the I think that's such a great point because, like, the media narrative now coming out of this weekend is that, like, oh, this is the weekend when Montana State discovered it, you yes. know, and sort of found themselves and found the best version of themselves. Well, no, man. If they you ask, thirteen out of fourteen, they've had the best version you, of themselves for a month, right? But it it hasn't been easy to see because they haven't had that statement game True. over the best team in the league that they have now. But that's what I'm saying. If you ask those guys, they'll say, "Man, we've been knowing this for a month about our team inside our locker room." Absolutely, and it's uh, it's a true testament to Danny Sprinkle what he's been able to do. It was his forty sixth victory uh, on Saturday night. He is the fastest coach in Montana State history to forty six victories by over half a season. So he's done a hell of a job at his alma mater, and uh, he's got Montana State flat rolling. Nuanas now ESPN Radio as well as SWX Montana Television. I'm Coulter Nuanas coming to you from the Northwest Motorsports Studio. We're actually, uh, because we waxed poetic about the Olympics and figure skating, which I didn't actually think we were going to do, <laughs> we're not going to have time for any of the sound. But that's okay. That's, uh, we'll, we'll get to some of it. And you can always find all the sound uh, post game that we are able to accumulate uh, at SkylineSportsMT.com. But let's talk quickly about tonight because we are going to get an inside look at what actually happened from the courtside view from Riley Corcoran, the voice of the Grizz, here in about, oh, 20 minutes leading up to tonight's game against Southern Utah here in Missoula. We also are going to talk some football uh, here in the Montana Football Basketball Hour. Right? I know I keep teasing you. I keep telling you we're going to stop doing football, but we just can't. So let's just say, let's not say it anymore. We, we're just going to keep talking football and basketball first hour of Monday's show, particularly when it comes to the two college teams here in Missoula. How about tonight's game? We got four tickets. I actually had them given away already, but I just heard from the person that we gave them to that they're feeling a little under the weather. They want to just take a nap, so that's fine. All good. We're going to give them to you then. We got four tickets to tonight's game, Montana versus Southern Utah. I've already texted multiple of my friends that are going, telling them this is the game of the year here in the Big Sky Conference so far. I don't know if it's the game of the year in the league, but it's the best game that's been in Missoula so far. I am extremely excited for this game tonight. Montana has some bad blood against Southern Utah. But Southern Utah swept Montana last year, and then uh, Southern Utah hasn't been to Montana in a couple years for either of the Montana schools because of all of the floating COVID stuff. So tonight's going to be a really, really good one. Call us right now, 406-888-1029. Caller number two, I got a four-pack of tickets for you to the Grizz versus Southern Utah men's basketball game. Don't worry, the tickets say Thursday, January 15th on them, but they're still good. I've confirmed with the athletic department. I got this from an associate AD, so they, they, they're they good to go. Uh, but call us right now, caller number two, 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. 
We got a four-pack of tickets to the Grizz basketball game for you against Southern Utah tonight. And Riley Corker, voice of the Grizz, coming up in about 15 minutes to talk exactly about that game. If you're ever injured in an accident and you're worried about if a lawyer is going to cost you too much money, the advocates, they will provide help for you. No out-of-pocket costs until your case is settled. You pass the stress of your accident off to the advocates. That helps you focus on getting better. To find out how the advocates can help you, you can call them free of charge, 406-640-4444 today, or you can visit MontanaAdvocates.com. And remember, you deserve an advocate. ESPN Missoula Sports Center. Missoula's own Darian Stevens is headed to the finals of the Women's Big Air at the Winter Olympics in Beijing, China. Hello, I am Coulter Nuanez. Stevens, who is competing in her second Olympics, qualified in eighth place as the lone American to make the Big Air final. Whitefish's Maggie Voison placed 15th. Women's Big Air is making its debut for skiers after first appearing as a snowboard event in the 2018 Games in Pyeongchang, South Korea. On her third jump, Stevens nailed a cork 900 with a tail grab. Her score of 67.25 was good enough to advance. Voison, who's in her third Olympics, crashed on her first attempt when her jump came up just short of the landing. So in order to qualify for the finals, she needed to land both of her subsequent attempts. She did land both, but did not score enough to get into the top eight. The Women's Big Air final is scheduled for Tuesday at 10 a.m., but U.S. viewers can watch live Monday at 7 p.m. on NBC. Stevens and Voison are two of four Montana athletes competing in Beijing, in addition to Butte's Brad Wilson in men's moguls and Whitefish's Jake Sanderson in ice hockey. Finally, in hoops action, the Montana State men had one of the biggest wins of the Big Sky Conference season Saturday, drilling first place Weber State 78-57 in Ogden, Utah. The MSU women pushed their winning streak to seven, one less than the men, by beating Weber in Bozeman. And the Montana men suffered their first loss to Idaho State since 2009, falling 86-63 in Pocatello. This 102.9 ESPN Missoula Sports Center is brought to you by Aspen Sound. Is there a better three album run in hip hop history? I don't know. This is definitely amongst the uh, the new age, the modern. This is definitely right there for sure. Kanye West coming out with uh, college dropout. Little graduation was that second or was that third? Late registration and then graduation. Such solid albums, man. And that's only the tip of the iceberg of Kanye. And I, I know that Kanye is a polarizing guy. There's probably a lot of people that listen to this and think, man, Coulter plays too much Kanye. What's he doing? But first of all, I, I think his creative genius is boundless. I, I think that the fact that he has so many things that you can like and do like, and then also so many things that you don't, it's uh. I just choose I choose to praise him for, for what makes him unique. So I hope you enjoy it a little bit as well. Nuana's now ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television. Coulter Nuanas coming to you from the Northwest Motorsports Studio. Continuing on the Montana basketball slash football hour, it's presented by the Advocates. You may not need them now, but when you do, know that the Advocates will be there for you. You didn't deserve to be in an ask accident, but you do deserve an advocate. 
Call the advocates today, 406-640-4444, or visit online at montanaadvocates.com. Remember, you deserve an advocate. Before we talk a little bit of football, I got one question for Andrew. Uh, Andrew Houghton, our producer in the back. We're going to the game tonight, right after the show, 7 p.m., Southern Utah, Montana. Given that Montana just got swept on the road and this is their third game in five days, how big is this game for the Grizzlies? Big because because of the opponent, but I also think that that scheduling gives them an out, right? You If, if you're going to crater in the middle of the season, you kind of want it to just be over quickly. Right, like if you're right. if you're gonna get swept on a weekend, right? This makes it so much easier to just put it behind you and say, you know, we were playing three games in five days. Yeah, we 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 had to play in Pocatello on Saturday and come back and play probably the most talented team in the conference on Monday with the travel in between. It's big, but I think a loss isn't the end of the world because you can flush it. I uh, so I I agree. It, to a certain extent, the fact that this was a road, they got swept on the road. So even though people know the results and they know that they lost against Idaho State, so many less people watched and or were fully engaged in that because it was in Pocatello. Now you're coming off a sweep. There's been two days of talk about how bad you got your butt whipped at Idaho State. And now you got this monster of a team coming in. And by the way, Southern Utah's brand name has never stuck with people in the Big Sky Conference, and that's fine. They're in and out. They, they were in in 2012, and they're out now in 2022. It was a 10-year stint, the shortest stint in the history of the league. They're on the way to the whack. Whatever, I get it. It's directional school in Utah. It never really made sense for them to be in the Big Sky Conference. When they went on, on their football run where they won two Big Sky titles in three years and uh, also made the playoffs three times in four years, it never really stuck with people. But the basketball portion of this, and I know that Southern Utah got upset by Montana State last year in the uh, semifinals of the tournament. But last year during our preseason Big Sky basketball schedule, I proclaimed that I had voted Southern Utah number two in the league, and I dug my heels in and, and I screamed and yelled and hollered with everybody that would listen to me, and no one wanted to listen to me. Everybody thought I was so ridiculous to even have them in my top five. And I was trying to explain the roster construction, the talent, and the veteran nature of Southern Utah. Well, now that whole team is back. And so, again, people are still sleeping on Southern Utah, and I don't really know how. They have nine seniors. I think the fact that they lost as the one seed in the tournament last year is actually one of the most motivating factors. So that's the whole thing with this Grizz deal. They're coming off a two-game losing streak on the road. If they had a game in which they could get right pretty without much effort at home, That'd be what the doctor ordered. It's not. They got a team that will absolutely want to just rip them if they can. And if it's a, oh, we're tired from three three games in five days, I'm not listening to that excuse. That's a reality of the situation. That is a fact. Montana is going to be tired from playing their third game in five days. They cannot get destroyed at home tonight. They can't because that then causes a spiral. That's entirely possible. I'm all the way with you on, like, I'm not listening to that as an excuse. Every team in the league is going through that. It just exactly. It is what it is. You got to go through it, but it makes it a little bit easier internally. And Coulter, here's the other thing: not to be all all cold and and statistic and uh, you know, just looking at it, but five buys in the Big Sky Conference tournament, right? That's right. 
Montana's getting one of those five buys, even if they lose tonight. Right. Still two games up in the loss column, and that's what's important. And I know you want it. That's you true. want your seating to be better. No. But, like, really, but, they're getting one of those five spots. And here's exactly – you're exactly right. If we were really smart and we didn't want to ever have egg on our face, we'd give you this analysis right here. The only thing that matters is the tournament in Boise, and that's it, because I think Montana, Montana State, Southern Utah, and Weber State could all win the tournament. It all depends on who draws who in what matchup and who gets the the, the kryptonite for them. Like, Southern Utah can't get past Montana State. Southern Utah's dodged Montana State during the regular season. They lost to Montana State during the tournament. Weber State, until Thursday, couldn't get past Montana. Now we, after a decade of domination by Montana, we got a coin flip when it comes to the Cat Grizz games. And then also Southern Utah and Weber State is sort of a coin flip. So at the end of the day, you're right. Jockeying for positions, those four teams are going to get buys. It just depends on which seed they get and which draw that they get. But I don't think they're going to try to finagle or um, alter their own draw just to do a matchup. They're all going to just be there at the end, and it's all just going to be the luck of the draw who draws who. Right. I think you're I think you're right though about Southern Utah. Like Southern Utah is a team even if if you play badly, they're gonna beat you by twenty five, you know? And it, it a lot seems, of street swag. It seems crazy to say that after Montana just lost to Idaho State by twenty five. I mean I they could technically lose to any team in the conference by twenty five. But if they come out flat and Southern Utah is motivated, I mean that is what's going to happen and that's what sends you down into the spiral is just these two really bad listless performances where you don't really have anything good to take out of them in a row. And that's definitely a possibility with Southern Utah in a way that it's not really for a lot of other teams in the conference. Montana against Southern Utah tonight here in Missoula. The Grizz actually uh, three-point favorites. I was a little surprised at that line. Uh, but they're at home, so I guess uh, you know, a coin flip game at home uh, with three Montana getting three. And then Montana State, don't look down, but they actually have a game tonight as well. Their game tips at six in Pocatello. So that one was bumped back from Thursday and uh, then rescheduled. So the Cats um, looking for their ninth straight win. Crazy. Montana, Montana State women's basketball since New Year's Day, 15-0. and How about that? That's pretty good basketball, if you ask me. 15-0 for the Bobcat basketball team since uh, January 1. So both of those teams surging Right now, can they keep it up? Snowman is now ESPN Radio as well as SWX Montana Television. The Montana Basketball Hour presented by the Advocates. You didn't deserve to be an accident, but you definitely deserve an advocate. Call 406-640-4444 or visit online at montanaadvocates.com. Call the Advocates today. Here's what we're going to do. Take a little break and then talk a little bit of football and a little bit of basketball on the other side. Keep it right here. CSPN Radio. Sportsbet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sportsbet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sportsbet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago, and in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. Is now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula.
What up, Montana? Welcome back. A little childish Gambino for you on a Monday. I'm driving around yesterday with my nephew, hanging out, doing some errands, kicking it. He's five. I said, what kind of music do you want to listen to? He said, Play Me Feels Like Summer by Childish Gambino. I was like, what is going on? This is amazing. How does a five-year-old even know this? Gotta love it. Hope you're having an outstanding start to your week. There's been a whole bunch of Big Sky Conference basketball games on Mondays, none of which have been in Missoula until tonight. A big game at Dahlberg Arena at the University of Montana. Very excited for this one. Southern Utah in town. Saw the boys from SUU at the mall yesterday walking around. And uh, it's going to be a good matchup. Nine seniors for the Thunderbirds. They beat Montana the last two times that they played back in, uh, I guess it would have been of December of last season. So a, uh, and a Grizz team that's coming off of a tough loss in Pocatello, Idaho, and a, and a historic loss in a lot of ways. So we go to the right, Rangers Brothers RV phone line. Welcome in our good friend, friend of this show, voice of the Grizz, Riley Corcoran. And he was in Pocatello on the call, an 86-63 loss for Montana to Idaho State, their first loss to the Bengals since 2009. So, Riley, we'll start with that. What happened in Pocatello on Saturday night? That's a great question because I'm still baffled from what uh, I was witnessing down there. It, it was it was just wild to see, and it's just a classic trap game. I think when you look at a college basketball season and, and you try and find ins and outs through everything that goes with it, it was just a game where Montana absolutely emptied the tank Thursday against Weber State. They, they were caught looking ahead at this matchup tonight. Everyone knew it was going to be a big game, and quite frankly, they thought they could just roll the ball out there and beat a team that came in at 3-16. and 16. Well, all that being said, Idaho State, you could tell. It was years of frustration they were taking out on Montana, and for good reason, and it gives the Bengals a lot of credit. They executed at a high level. Ryan Looney has totally changed his starting lineup from the, the first time these two played. It's kind of a youth movement. They have more shooters on the floor, and they just, quite frankly, did everything they wanted. They delivered the first punch. Montana was not able to, to kind of get back on their feet from there, and, and that sets up a, a really big situation tonight. It's a season-defining game for this team to to prove that Saturday was just a fluke and not a trend where Montana is staring potentially their first three-game losing streak of the season right in the face tonight. Well, one thing that uh, you and I have talked about on the show as well as um, just personal conversations as well is that uh, oftentimes we fall into the um, the trap of analyzing things strictly through the lens of the schools that we cover most heavily, particularly in this case the Grizz. And I do think that there is a prestige and tradition and uh, level of expectation where that's appropriate because, you know, Montana men's basketball has been the premier program in the big sky outside of Weber State for the duration of the history of the league. And so it is um, accurate to analyze, the you know, sort of the historical nature of Idaho State beating Montana for the first time in 22 matches, first time in 14 under Travis DeKear. and uh, But on the other hand, though, you mentioned Sometimes credit where credit's due. Idaho State has made a huge change to their lineup. Last year, Idaho State was actually the five seed. People forget that because they lost a close one to Montana State in the first round of the conference tournament. But that team returned a ton of talent. And you could tell when they were in Missoula, talent was uh, far down the list in terms of what they were experiencing in terms of their struggles. They didn't really have any cohesiveness or any flow, particularly offensively. And they have. They revamped their lineup, and uh, they're playing a lot of younger guys. So, you know, more than just Montana stubbed its toe, Montana's coming off a tough one Thursday night, Montana just didn't play well, all that stuff. 
Also, though, they have made progress in Pocatello. He's definitely revamped his lineup, and it's definitely made it uh, Idaho State a little bit more competitive. They, they look different. They look better and more fluid, particularly on offensively, uh, than they did when they were here in Missoula about a month ago. They, they totally do, and it's a totally different style from what they're doing. And I give Coach Looney a lot of credit, and this is squad culture, as you just mentioned. I mean, they were coming off their best season in 27 years, and they actually, for the first time in a while, had expectations in Pocatello to at least be in the middle of the top half of the league and, and contend and win games like this. And, and we all know in the craziness of a basketball season that there can be one pivot point. I think for Idaho State, with the nature of the conference tournament being what it is, that, hey, we just need to get hot at the right time, they truly felt after that last eight-day break, just sensing people around the program down their pregame in Pocatello, that this was kind of their last opportunity to kind of restart this season, to salvage a little bit of what they still can gain. And I do think, and it might sound crazy, we might be here a month from now and we can look back at this conversation and laugh at it, but I, I think Idaho State is a team that, that thinks that they can make a little bit of noise in Boise if they get things to go their way. And, and with all the experience they have all have back and success that they've experienced, Coulter, I, I think that they can absolutely make a second-half run or at least challenge and contend against teams that on paper they maybe shouldn't. So absolutely, credit where credit's due. And just goes to show you the nature of this league. There's not many games on the calendar anymore that you can just circle as an automatic W because there's, there's upsets plentiful, that's for sure. Yeah, I think there's a multitude of reasons for that, too. I think there's been a regression to the mean by some of the top programs or maybe just uh, uh, a little bit more parity because there are – I mean, the fact is, like I've always said, it's always been Montana and Weber State, but now that there, there's also true contenders in Montana State and uh, Southern Utah as well. And so it just gives you a sort of a four-headed monster of, of challenging for the league title. But also, you're right, maybe the, the bottom teams aren't as bad as they once were. I also agree with you. I think that Idaho State actually does have better prospects when it comes to March – than uh, quite a few teams in the league, actually. I, I think that Idaho State, if they put it together, is better than Idaho, is better than, can be better than Northern Arizona. Could be, uh, they could be competitive with Portland State. I mean, NAU, I mean, they're sort of right there with uh, several different uh, programs in the league. Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, joining us here on Nuanas Now. It's the Montana Basketball Hour, presented by the Advocates. You may not need them now, but when you do, know that the Advocates will be there for you. You can call the Advocates anytime, 406-640-4444, or visit online at MontanaAdvocates.com. Remember, you deserve an advocate. About 10 minutes away, Marty Morningway, longtime NFL coach, will swing by to talk NFL coaching carousel, NFL quarterback carousel, and, of course, a first look at the Super Bowl. But, Riley, let's talk about tonight's game because Montana coming off of two straight losses after they had been playing really well. They, were set, they had won seven of eight, and I actually think that Part of playing really well actually extended into Thursday night against Weaver. We said that on this show that you know an 80-75 loss in Ogden, when you do give a good effort, is nothing uh, to hang your head about. In fact, actually, I think it's a dynamic where it helps Montana come March because uh, it is really tough to beat a team three times in one year. So if you're competitive and don't win on Weaver's home court, not that big of a knock. But how big is tonight's game? Because Southern Utah uh, has been in, is, is in contention for the, the league title once again. And uh, they got nine seniors, and they're really talented. I also think just from a personnel standpoint, they're a matchup problem for the Grizz because of the size of their guards. What's the magnitude of this one tonight here in Missoula? 
I think it's huge. It's a pivot point in the season for Montana, as we talked about a moment ago. But but you just see what the Grizz can do to, to maintain an arm's length when it comes to the regular season title. And I know there's a ton of games to be played and situations that can play out. But just from a mental side of things, this team has four losses. They have three teams ahead of them with two. To beat Southern Utah, it, number one, just proves Saturday's a fluke. But number two, still keeps you in that contention, in that hunger that we all know that Coach DeCure and how that it, it marinates through the entire locker room where, where everyone's motivated uh, and hungry to win a championship and just to have that mentality from that perspective. And then I think also for Montana, this young team, they have started to figure out this year a little more what it's like to wear the Superman cape at home. And I say that to everybody in this league, as you know, thinks that this is the biggest game on the schedule. When they come to Missoula to play in front of a legitimate crowd and a big-time contender in Montana has worn that badge of honor. They are perfect 11-0 and at home this year, uh, 13 straight wins going back to last year. That's one of the top 10 longest streaks in the country. So I just think from a mental side of things, this is a massive game for the Grizzlies. And, and on the road, and, and me and you can have conversations about this throughout the, the rest of the week, but just to try and get on the favorable side of the bracket, however we think that might be, for Montana to try and get that two or three seed, let's just say, and be opposite of Weber State, all of that goes into play when it comes to this schedule. But it comes to Southern Utah, Coulter, it's amazing. With the COVID cancellation that they've had, and we all know the scout schedules are going to be unbalanced, they've had nine of their last ten games at home in Cedar City. Well, now it's completely different. Southern Utah, their final nine games, they have seven of them on the road, and their only two home games are against Montana and Montana State, who, of course, are in the top four. They played the easiest schedule in the league so far, and that's not discrediting their record whatsoever because they're a very talented team and we're the preseason pick for a reason. But now it ratchets it up for them. We're going to find out if they're ready for that target on their back because, again, seven of their final nine games are on the road or six of the final eight are at home for Montana. Voice of the Grizz, Riley Corker, joining us here on Nuana's Now ESPN Radio. And, Riley, you had, uh, I think it was your pregame show the uh, before the Idaho game, two Thursdays ago. Coach DeCure was on, and uh, he had a, a pretty concise and pretty detailed explanation, which he's so good at explaining the X's and O's and what the goals of the Montana program are. But he had a, a great explanation on the way Montana wants to play defense. Specifically, they want to take you out of your actions and take you out of your motions, first and foremost, and then get you late in the shot clock where you have to run some sort of one-on-one in isolation play because then that lowers your shooting percentage by a significant amount. And I think it's a, a tried-and-true strategy. It's maybe one that is easier to talk about than it is to actually do, but the Grizz are very good at it. That said, that's where I think Southern Utah is the one team that's a, such a tough matchup for Montana. They can give the ball to their 6'3", incredibly physical point guard in John Knight III and just have him go downhill and attack the guards. That's the thing I'm going to be looking at, though, is Southern Utah can and will go one-on-one early in a possession. They don't have to wait until late in a possession because they have one of, if not the best, penetrating ball handlers in the league. That said, John Knight III had his way last time these two teams played in December of last season. But as we remember, those were the first two games of Big Sky Conference play with this new funky schedule where you play two and then you you go back into the non-conference, come back into conference play. When Montana played those games, though, those are the first two Big Sky Conference games of a guy like Brandon Whitney's career. 
a guy like Robbie Beasley's career. Those guys had never endured the physicality of conference play. They had never seen a guard like John Knight that will come downhill. So I'm looking at that matchup because I do think it's one that Southern Utah did take advantage the last two times they played, but I don't know if they can take advantage as much this time because you'd have to expect at least now, you know, more than a season from then, guys like Brandon Whitney, Robbie Beasley certainly have grown up quite a bit and uh, understand the defensive principles a little more. I think that's really well said as far as just documenting when those games happened in early December. That was games two and three of the career of Brandon Whitney, Josh Bannon, um, as well as Robbie Beasley. And I'm worried a little bit about that matchup, too. When you think about it, John Knight, he gets to the free throw line with regularity. That guy just, he's straight downhill, one speed. And we'll see if the Grizz can not only defend him on the drive, but also have the help down low in the post. Mac Anderson didn't play in the second half for Montana against Idaho State. With that being said, for Southern Utah, they got so many weapons. I mean, you look at a John Knight, but then a Tevian Jones on the outside, and his length culture is a problem because he's six foot seven, and you could defend him as well as anybody, but you don't have that length of Bobby Moorhead, let's just say, to defend him, and he can rise up and shoot over anybody. But the guy that no one talks about, I, I think that really completes the puzzle for Southern Utah is Mason Fawcett. He's a guy that averages 12 points per game, nearly nine rebounds per contest, and he did not play in the game on Saturday against Eastern Washington. So with all of the matchups that we can talk about in this one, I'm curious to see if Fawcett is going to play. If he does, that's just another rebounding piece. One factor in this game that I'm really concerned about from the Montana perspective is rebounding. Southern Utah leads the league in rebounding. The Grizzlies are dead last in the league in rebounding. Southern Utah can can rebound their own misses. So despite how good of defense Montana might be able to play tonight on Southern Utah, it's about limiting those second chances opportunities and Boston is a big piece in that there's a reason why Southern Utah is good because when, when you ask the question about an individual you could go five different ways with the core five that they have that yes Knight and Jones are always going to take the storylines but for me it's more of a, a Dray Marine who's 140 games a big sky record and someone like Amazing Fawcett is what really makes Southern Utah complete and, and a huge challenge tonight for Montana. He's Riley Corker in the voice of the Grizz. You can find his call on the Grizzly Radio Network. He and I also recording some stuff for this show later on this week, as well as I'll be on the Inside the Den podcast. So look forward to that. Riley, my man, thanks for taking some time here. I know you got a busy day, especially with a call coming up in a couple hours. Thanks for jumping on with us here, man, and uh, we'll see you tonight. All right, appreciate it, Colts. We'll see you down there. Voice of the Grizz, Riley Corker. Appreciate him being here. He's so right, too. Mason Fawcett, he's the X-Factor, man. You, you know you're going to get 16 to 18 from Tevion Jones. He's going to hit some threes. He'll get a dunk or two. John Knight's going to be aggressive. He'll get to the free throw line. He'll get you 16 to 20 points all the time. But it's Fawcett that's the 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 uh, sort of the straw that stirs the drink for Southern Utah. He's the guy that come up and, and bites you with points maybe you weren't expecting. He's also such a savvy rebounder, good passer. He's just a great basketball player. I'm telling you, don't sleep on the Southern Utah team. They're one of the most talented in the Big Sky Conference, and they're a team that's hungry as well. 7 p.m. tonight, Dahlberg Arena. Southern Utah at Montana. This has been the Montana Basketball Hour presented by the Advocates. Visit online at montanaadvocates.com. And always remember, you deserve an advocate. Hour one in the Bucks. Hour two coming at you. The coaching carousel is going crazy in the NFL. And oh, by the way, there's a big football game on Sunday as well. It ain't the Pro Bowl. Marty Morningweg, longtime NFL coach, the Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty. Right after this, keep it right here. ESPN Radio. The Advocates can help you if you've been injured in an automobile, motorcycle, pedestrian, or even a dog bite accident. For additional information on other types of cases that the Advocates handle, 
You can always visit MontanaAdvocates.com. You can chat with an experienced attorney with no upfront out-of-pocket expense. Visit online or call 406-640-4444 today. Or you can visit MontanaAdvocates.com. And remember, you deserve an advocate. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 